Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and, and bands that shaped metal. Please visit our website, The Metal Pit, at www.themetalpit.org, where you can find album reviews, interviews, and live show reviews. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at The Metal Pit, and for some video interviews, video shorts, and audio versions of this podcast, please visit our YouTube channel, youtube.com, at The Metal Pit. 666. Email, email, email us at info.org. So uh, before we start today, you, as you can guess, my name, I'm, I'm not Blake, so uh, my familiar voice is I'm Ken. I'm one of the writers of The Metal Pit, and joining to me is another writer of The Metal Pit, Jim. And how are you today, Jim? Oh, awesome. Great day to discuss metal. Absolutely. <laughs> never. It's never not a day not to discuss metal. So so uh, today, Bob Blake's taking a just a well-deserved day off to rest. So Jimmy and I are here to uh, you know keep keep the fort down, and we're going to be talking about some great thrash. So today we're going to be talking about Anthrax, and we're going to be talking about uh, Persistence of Time, um, a classic album that came out in 1990. So before we uh, start start talking about the album and the songs and, and and what was going on that period, I'll just give everybody just a brief intro of the band. Uh, Anthrax was founded in 1981 by Scott Ian and Dan Loker. Funny thing is they named the band Anthrax after looking through a biology textbook, which is kind of funny. And they thought it was an evil sounding name. So there you go. Anthrax was born. Uh, they are, as, as everyone knows, part of the big four. So that includes Megadeth, Metallica and Slayer. Um, but so today, though, we're going to be talking about not one of their earlier albums. We're going to go back to 1990 and discuss Persistence of Time, as I mentioned previously. Um, the This is their fifth studio album. It was uh, recorded It was recorded in California. Um, it, it was actually released on August 21st of 1990 on Megaforce Island Records. Um, now, from my understanding, they did deal with a few little issues during the recording. Uh, apparently there was an earthquake uh, while they were recording. And a, a studio fire. Now, I don't know if that affected them personally. I just heard that that was their two biggest obstacles at the time when they recorded the album. So just kind of funny. Uh, so the, the album itself, though, peaked at number 24 on the Billboard uh, 200 charts. It did go gold a year later in 1991. Um, now, as for the band, we all know that Joey Belladon is the lead singer. Uh, Scott Eden is on rhythm guitar. Uh, Dan Spitz on lead guitar. Um, bass, you have Frankie Bello, and of course, Charlie Benante heads it up on the drums. So I thought before we start, I'll just give you a few little a few little tidbits about the band, um, this album in particular, as, I, as I'm mentioning. So the, the cover on this album was by Don Brodingham, um, and Don uh, basically uh, worked on this album after a concept was given to him by Charlie. Uh, Charlie did a lot of the uh, art concepts for the band for the covers, which I thought was interesting. Um, the same year, they were also nominated for a Grammy for the Best Metal Performance as well. Uh, they also embarked on a tour that year with Maiden. And then, of course, they went on to Clash of the Titans and with Slayer and Megadeth. And, of course, later on in the year, they went on to tour with uh, Public Enemy. So that's where the band stands. So before we start, I just wanted to uh, get some uh, thoughts here about the group itself. And Jim, um, when did you first hear about Anthrax? Uh, probably a few years earlier. I think the first album that really got me into them would probably be Among the Living uh, in 1987. I remember getting it, I think, in grade 11 or grade 10. And uh, I actually lent it to a friend whose mother was massively against heavy metal. And so she ended up destroying it. So I, he ended up having to sneak and go buy me another copy because... You know, that was a cassette back in the day. That was one that was considered more of an import here in Halifax. It cost me like eleven ninety nine, And <laughs> even though I was I was working at the time, I was like, oh, I just lost 12 bucks on a on a cassette tape. Anyways, we worked it out and I got it. But, what you know, that was a fantastic album. Got me to go backwards and check out Spreading the Disease. And I think I picked up 
the very first one, Fistful at Woolco in like a bargain bin and Fistful of Metal, an amazing album. And, uh, you know, we all know with obviously a different lead singer. Um, but but we, you know, it, 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 it was it was awesome. I mean, Neil Turbin in that album was great. And, um, you know, it just, just kind of then after Among the Living, State of Euphoria came out, which was another kick ass album. And then obviously this. So. Uh, you know, I've been a pretty, pretty good fan, pretty big fan. I would say, you know, they're a pretty consistent band um, in the big four. I don't know where they really sit. I'm Lately, I've been more prone. Obviously, Slayer's kind of defunct now. So, you know, there's nothing really new coming out of that camp until Kerry King puts something out that's supposed to be like a continuation to some degree. I've been a huge Megadeth fan. So I'd probably say out of the big four, Megadeth probably leads the way for me and Metallica early on would have been, but have kind of fallen off a bit. I'd say these guys are probably a, like a strong number two, you know, and, and I mean, I'm still a huge Slayer fan, but with nothing new coming out, it's kind of, you know, it's just, you're just a fan of the kind of the original stuff. So, but they're, you know, they definitely solidify uh, themselves in the top four thrash bands and, and, uh, you know, and everybody kind of, you know, they, they, they came out of New York, so, you know, they're there with uh, probably like Nuclear Assault, Overkill, but they were one of the first ones to really come out of there. And I mean, they were hosting Metallica when the big breakup with Dave Mustaine happened. So yeah. there's a lot of history there, cross history with the big four. So it's, it's just they're so important to uh, the heavy metal chronolo chronology of, uh, of thrash metal for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And uh, for me, I've, I've been an Anthrax fan for quite a long time. I know Blake and I did the uh, Among the Living podcast uh, last year. We talked about that. And during that podcast, I did mention that I used to go to this little local record shop near my house and I would go in to pick up all the uh, latest releases. And I was buying cassettes. <laughs> I wasn't really into the vinyl, but it was more cassettes for me. So I walked into the, the shop and there yeah, it was yeah. there it was Among the Living was the first album that I actually bought. I knew of the band, but the first one that I physically had money to to buy was was uh, Among the Living, and I've been a fan yeah. ever since. For me, the, my biggest my biggest attraction to Anthrax has always been the lyrics. I always love love the fact that that they use these interesting words like schism and and just stuff like that. Where I was like, well, this is very interesting. So they're very lyrically impressive band to me um out of the out of the big four they i I've, I've always felt that their lyrics are really what set them apart as a band and the fact that they have a really kind of heavy heavy punky sound as well because they were obviously influenced by punk bands and yeah of course they worked with some of the guys in the band also worked in sod soldiers of death as well so you can see that there's a lot to this band in general so that that's where i i come from and i grew up with them right from the get-go so i was buying buying their tapes like way back in the mid '80s, and I've been a fan ever since. I've I've bought every single album up to this date. Everything that comes out, I pick up, and like even if it's like a live album, or even if it's a compilation album, I have I I just love them. I love them to death. They're my my favorite thrash cool. band of all time. I mean, I love Metallica too, but but Anthrax has always been a very uh, strong band for me. And I've seen them like eight or nine times, and every time right. I've seen them, I've always enjoyed them as as a as a band live. It's fantastic. All right, so now we've got an idea where we are both stand on Anthrax. So I thought we'd start with, uh, you know, giving a, a start here about the actual album itself and the songs. And uh, Jimmy, why don't you start us off with the first song on this album? One, uh, it's time for those who want to know, and uh, give us give us some thoughts or your recollections about the song. Yeah, this whole album's kind of got a kind of got a different vibe to it. I think it's a bit more progressive thrash than their earlier albums. Plus. What really one of the things that I'm sure attracted you to them was their kind of horror background and their yes. comic book background. I mean, because yeah. I know you're an avid comic book and horror collector. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, they love that. That's part of their image. This one went more kind of a bit more, I would say, some of the some of the uh, tone, some of the uh, the uh, synopsis of the songs are a little bit more like uh, anti, you know, a lot of racist issues, a lot of uh, hate issues, that sort of thing. So this was kind of a little bit of a step up. This song, uh, you know, Time, a great way. This is probably my second favorite song on the album. It's, uh, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's a thrash masterpiece. I mean, that ticking clock at the start, 
just and then the guitar kind of intro with the drums just really smokes this along and a lot of the songs on this album kind of have that uh real just it just picks up and goes so and i think uh, i mean you're going to get into it more lyrically but i would say this is definitely more of a paranoia song about paranoia than 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 anything else that i got out of it and uh no i mean it's it's a it's a wicked song probably my second favorite on the album yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my, it's one of my favorite songs too. Um, yeah, I'll I'll just add though, like lyrically for me, what I what I you you, you did mention it well when you said that the, the idea of paranoia, but it's also the idea that what what the concern of the song is, how do you live your life, and do you live it by your own rules or do you right. live it by? I'm assuming they mean by the system, like do you live it by the system rules, because you know, and I think that's. Well, that's the major takeaway I took. I've, I've taken out of that song for me. Um, but as a song itself, it's great. Like that chug, the chug in this song is fantastic. It yeah. just it goes, it doesn't stop, it doesn't let up, and it's it's just a fantastic song overall. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite songs for as an opening track um, on the album. So yeah, it, to me, it's a great start. So you know, and it leads right into the next song, which is Blood. And uh, I'll give you some thoughts about blood. Like for lyrically, blood is quite interesting. Um, you know, again, it's all about the idea of, of human nature, uh, the idea about how one can be selfish, and then the struggling with this idea to um, to do the right thing in life. So it's great. It's it's great for lyrics. It's it's got a very kind of social message, or maybe trying to be more of a, um, a positive, upbeat message. And you know, and it's just not even that, but just the actual start of this song with, with, with the chug, the chug again, it's just there and it's just, it drives the song. And this is what I, what I really, really like about it. Um, what do you think about blood? Oh, no, it's a wicked song. I mean, it's got that slow bit of ominous start to it. I kind of, it has an intro almost kind of like Indians. It's reminiscent of Indians for me and Frankie, or, um, you know, you've got Frankie Bello on this. This is a bass thumping song i mean it is a heavy song it's fast and i mean it's absolutely awesome it's again like there's maybe a few kind of songs on here that that aren't as uh you know maybe on the second side a bit more so than on the first side but th- that are as strong but this is another strong one and a great spot on the album coming right out of the ass kicking of uh, time uh it's another great song and like i say this just thumps and i think uh you know, I think Frankie Bello is a bit of an underrated bass player, and yeah. I think uh, this really showcases his talent. I think this whole album does. So, but that's uh, no, it's an awesome song. I love it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, it's 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 a two strong songs. The album opens up with two really really good strong songs, and that that's off to a good start. So, yeah. so from there though, we go into the, the 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 song that I arguably think is their best song on this record, and that's "Keep It in the Family." Uh, what do you think about that song? It's a great song. It's kind of definitely this was one of the ones I was talking about where it goes into more of an anti-racist kind of rant. I think it's it's really, really it's kind of neat how this got coupled in with like when they at the same around the same time, you know, like uh, we'll talk about a little later that they started touring with Public Enemy and that. But this is kind of sets a bit of the tone of the album, I think. And this was one of the singles on it. It's got that sludgy, heavy guitar and drum intro and uh i mean it is it is really really cool i like it i it deserves to be a single and i remember the video i believe much music you know played the hell out of it um on, on the power hour and it was in the countdown and that it was it's it's an awesome uh definitely an awesome song and uh still not my favorite one on the album but but up there in my top couple and uh you know it it's just got a great message to it and i think that for a band of heavy metal tackling such a topic, I think, mm-hmm. especially coming out of the eighties and, you know, we've talked, me and you've done a lot of podcasts where we've done a lot of these band like death and stuff like that, uh, bands like that material like that, that were coming close to the nineties and just around the nineties where sort of the whole kind of genre changed a little bit more to more, maybe some more social issues that are affecting, affecting the world because as we headed into the 90s you know uh we were heading into a recession it wasn't the happy times of the 80s uh, until you know until later on in the uh, and, and you know grunge started kind of seeping in at this time so 
you know, for us metalheads, uh, you know, I, I do like some grunge bands as well, but you know, I was I was kind of kind of becoming a little bit disheartened with music that my music was kind of heading more underground and this was getting more play and things were changing. And, you know, uh, it was, it's a great chapter in the whole book, but I think this song signifies what Anthrax was going for uh, releasing kind of such a really good work of art and, and a really a thinking man's album. So. Yeah. And it's also dark. So the one thing that it was, we should stress is that, yeah, you're right. There are no, there are no lyrics about comic books. There are no, yeah. like, <laughs> No specific horror movie like Stephen King references, because obviously Stephen King was one of their favorite writers when the band started. But, you know, you're right. There's a lot of social issues on the album itself. This song, I think, specifically has a lot of social issues because it's about the idea of racism, right? Yeah. And and I know that Scott, and I've read interviews in past that Scott has said that this album in particular, or this song in particular, I should say, was, was, was a, a, a strong one for him because he... Because I, I think in '89 there was a something that happened in Bensonhurst. Um, there was a shooting there, and it was an African American kid who got shot and died. And because of it, it really affected people growing up in the area. And, and that was the impetus of the song, or at least the idea of keep it in the family for the the idea of racism. So you know, you can hear it in the song. It's a really really powerful yeah. song. It's 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 one of my favorite songs on this on this album in general. But and also, I think what I, I like about this, though, is that the lyrics are funny. I, I mean, not funny, funny, haha, but just some of the things they say, like if you, you know, if you can think with your dick, but it can't show and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> it's just yeah, it's kind of cool. Just hearing hearing the way that they use the lyrics and the way they, they express themselves on songs like this. So I, I love this song. I think this song is fantastic for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's move on to the next song, and that's In My World. And what do you think about In My World? Yeah, I mean, come on. This is the Married with Children song, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the Snowden episode there, uh, my dinner with <laughs> Anthrax. I mean, uh, you know, it was really cool. I got to say, I, you know, Anthrax pretty smart uh, early on in their career. They've always been a really smart band, and getting themselves onto a show like this was pretty cool. And I know during the uh state of euphoria they were their album was given to somebody on uh, an episode of miami vice right. so they're always you know throwing that in there i think it's pretty cool and it's it's pretty smart i mean i remember when this aired and i was so excited because it was like oh cool anthrax is gonna be on you know it's it's wicked and it was hilarious and uh, but i mean the song the song's awesome i mean i believe this was another single and uh you know it, it's a great song and it's uh, i love the start of it with Scott Ian just talking about how his life is one long kind of yeah. prison sentence. So it's, it's really cool. And I mean, just having it on that show uh, and I'm sure you've seen it and, and a lot of the listeners have seen it where yeah. they're just hilarious mashing, uh, you know, Bundy comes home, the father, <laughs> there's the guitar in the wall and what the <laughs> hell happened, but it, it's just, it's really, really cool. No, this is an awesome song and, and uh, live, the song's pretty, pretty uh, kick-ass and, one of the one of the best songs on the album as well. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I know I didn't pull a Blake this time and do the whole setlist FM thing. So I'm not too sure how if the song has been played a lot. But I have a feeling the song has been played yeah. quite often. I would think because I remember hearing this the last time I saw them in concert. They they did play that song live. So I would assume that would be the case. Yeah, and you're right. Like it, it's a, it's a really good song, and I think being on Married with Children, it probably even helped to give that song a, a larger profile. Oh yeah, they, they played it, and it's like you know they're they're like totally wrecking the uh, the apartment or the or the, the the living room, smashing with the guitars. Everything is going all over the place. It's pretty pretty wild of a song to be played there. So, and you know what? Yeah. What what I like about it back then is you think about it like now you get Stranger Things so you have Stranger Things throws a song like uh, Master Puppets on there right, right everybody yes, goes yeah. and downloads it and it's yeah. like oh everybody goes and downloads it. but back then I bet you there was tons of fans that went out or tons of people who were like oh, who are these guys went out and physically bought the album and then started checking That's them right. out and and you know a lot different than just I mean yes I know Metallica probably made a million dollars off the downloads from from Stranger Things, but this was back in the day where you didn't have that. You had to go physically check it out. I That's think right. that just 
probably boosted it. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I, I think they're, they're very savvy, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing like that and sort of the Miami Vice connection, it's pretty cool to have that thrown in there because, you know, Miami Vice, typically you've got all the uh, just kind of techno kind of music, you know, dancey yeah. stuff. And then to have that album, I think it was a guy in a the hospital, they brought them a stack. Of, he was a heavy metal guy, a witness or something. And State of Euphoria was there. And I remember going, hey, cool, State of Euphoria. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's so cool. And I, I, I bet I'd love to know, like, it would be great if somehow you know how many just after that aired, did the record sales go up, you know? Yeah, well, but, but they were... They were definitely on the rise. I'm I'm sure by now, by their fifth record, they're they're you know they're well recognized, yeah. in and as part of the thrash scene. The other thing, though, that I'll I'll just add from my perspective about the about the lyrical content, um, that I mean, basically, it's about the idea of darkness and how do you face it. So the idea of you know you're living in your own world to shield you from any kind of outside harm. So it's it's a really good song. I I, I love the song quite a bit. And I know, and I believe Charlie had a, a large hand in writing some of the lyrics, if I remember correctly, because they don't, they never really give you the, the uh, on the linear notes, they never really tell you who did what, but, right. but I, but I know primary, primarily um, Scott Ian wrote majority of the lyrics, and I think Charlie had a large hand in it as well, but yeah. it is a really good song, and I, I would agree that, um, yeah, it, it needs to, it needs way, way more play, to be honest. But yeah, you know, it is what it is, right? What what can you do? All right, so let's move on to our next song, and that's Gridlock. Uh, what do you think about Gridlock? Oh, it's another. This is a heavy, heavy song, and the guitar on this is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's another thrashy song. I like it. Um, probably underappreciated because I mean, there were so many. I guess you could say more kind of hits off of this album than a lot of albums. Although I mean, you know, Among the mm -hmm. Living had quite a few. Uh, um, and we say the euphoria as well, but this one, I mean, this is when they really hit their stride. So I felt like this and a few of the others on side two were probably overlooked for the hits a little bit more, but this is a really good song. And I don't even consider it on this album a deeper track. Uh, it's, it's one of my go-to songs on the album. Okay. I just find it, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Okay. I, I think, uh, Charlie's drumming really, really stands out in this song. Because he really drives, because yeah. basically opens with him on the drums. He really drives the song as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned with it. Um, I think though for me this is another strong lyrical song for for them, um, because right, you know right. basically they're talking about you know not letting other people influence your decisions, and you know to be to be kind of an original person and don't don't it's hard because the song kind of also warns about the idea of you know being judgmental. And you know, not trying to carry around gossip about stuff. So I, I, I think in terms of the song, the lyrical content is really, really strong. Um, I love the chugging guitars. I think that's that's really good in it. And yeah, it's and there's a there's that riff there by Dan towards the middle half, the last last part of the song that I really, really love. So yeah, it, yeah. it's a it's a really, really strong song. And it, I don't know if it gets enough love. I, I think, I, I think. Again, I don't have the set list, the set list FM um, stats, but I'm pretty sure this song probably got a lot of play as well. At least I would, I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would think. All right, so we're kind of like almost halfway through the album. So we're getting to that point where we get into this instrumental, which is kind of odd because it's it's in, in the intro to reality. Um, it's interesting because it kind of, it sort of leads into the next song. Um, what do you think about the instrumental, Jim? Do you have any thoughts about it? Oh, I think it's got, it's cool. I think it's got, it's longer than most instrumentals. So that's kind of neat, but I think it has a really cool doomish Sabbath vibe to start. So it kind of chugs into a bit of a doom sound and then it kind of picks up to a little bit more, maybe three quarters of the way through to the end into a bit more of a thrashier vibe. So it's kind of weird. Like I, I thought, it, you know, I don't remember thinking about this uh, when it came out or anything like that, but uh, knowing like knowing now, I mean, we don't necessarily, I mean, online when you're listening to music, it's just one through 10 or whatever, one yeah. through 11. You don't really know. You don't really realize the sides one and sides two like you did back then, but it was kind of interesting that they put this in. It leads into the next 
a song, um, yeah. why they put it in as six. I thought that was kind of neat. Most instrumentals are one or two, or maybe even at the end, uh, some of them, you know, but it's a very strong instrumental song. And I think it really does. I know they've had some, uh, you know, some of their, when you, when you read about uh, bands they were into growing up and that, I know Sabbath was definitely one of them. And uh, definitely for me, it shines through in this song. Well, I think the other thing about the instrumental that I, I find interesting is that they decided to throw that little intro, the the, the little speech, you know, um, yeah. which is taken from the from a Twilight Zone episode, Death, Death's Head Revisited. And that episode basically is about, about an SS officer who comes back to uh, a concentration camp. And it's it's like, I think, 20 years later or something to, to see what's going on and what happened and kind of re reliving the horror and the memory of it. So it's kind of interesting that they would use that and even in quote that in the actual, um, the song itself, or at least the instrumental. But you're right, it kind of, it kind of like then, like kind of fades into Belly of the Beast, which is a, yeah. which is a great song. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, Belly of the Beast? Favorite song on the album. Okay. okay. And a spoiler, it will make my top 10. Okay, all right. <laughs> So, but I don't know, I'm not saying where, but yeah, I love this. I love this song. This was another single and I think I might've been mistaken. I think the three singles off this, we've got the time in my world and belly of the beast. So correction, yeah, no, that right. it wasn't keep fit in the family, but I believe they still had a video. If I remember right, I believe they, I thought they had a video for that, but anyways, uh, no, this is a kick-ass of a song. It, this is anthrax. And I mean, you know, you can go on any album and uh, like, you know, I'm going to have in my top 10 uh, songs from anthrax. I'm hoping that I, I give it some like all kind of eras and almost all the albums, a little bit of love there because there's so much, so much strong material and this yeah. just backs it up. I mean, it's a kick-ass of a song, the drum beat on it, the guitars, I, I love the song and, and leading into from, from, uh, you know, leading from the, um, that, that instrumental and then banging into this, it's, it's, it's great. And it gives you that sort of midway, you're almost, you're heading into the back end of the album, but you're definitely, you know, not, you're heading into some really great material and belly of the beast. It's just a kick-ass song. I love it. And I believe when I saw them live, I believe they, they did that live because it was for this tour. So uh it was a kick-ass song kick-ass yeah, no, song yeah no no doubt yeah they played this live i i they play it like on every on every tour i think they play this song, yeah so I, I would think they would um and it means a lot right because it's about the holocaust and it's yeah the lyrics are are basically trying to sort of decipher the idea of what is evil like who could who could give out kind of orders to kill people and that's generally right. the, the consensus of what what it's trying to say lyrically um, yeah, it's to me, it's it's one of their better songs on the on this album for sure. And and you're right, it's it's heavy, it's heavy, killer chug all the way through. And uh, yeah, I I I don't have any uh, issues with this song as well. So it's like it's it's great. But what I would say though, what I find funny is that you get this kind of serious song about yeah. World War Two and about the idea of evil and what what's going on. And then they they, it's odd. <laughs> I I don't I don't hate the song coming up. But I just find the placement is odd. So, of course, we're talking now about God the Time, the Joe Jackson cover. And it's funny because I I like this song a lot, but I just, the placement is a bit odd. What do, you, what do you think about the placement at this point with that song? Well, yeah, it's kind of, all of a sudden, it goes from serious to like mm -hmm. a bit more tongue-in-cheek. And it's a cover. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a song that probably got so many people into anthrax because i mean as soon as you hear that guitar riff it's probably one of the most recognized as soon as you hear it yeah. start up you know yeah. you're heading into that song and i mean on the live seeing them live and playing this song they were all over the stage and they just got everybody amped up but i agree with where you're going with this it's not my favorite song on the album it's not that i dislike it i think it's kind of falls under Maybe like Megadeth, Anarchy in the UK on So Far, okay. So Good, So What. Right. Kind of unneeded. I think the album is strong enough without a cover like this. Even though it's a cool cover. And I, I probably would have maybe made this an extra track on like um, maybe an extra track or, or a B-side 
even though, you know, it was a, a single and it, it, it probably got, made them a lot of money and got them a lot of notoriety. But for me, a, kind of a hardcore fan, definitely not my favorite song on there. Cool, fun song. Totally mm-hmm. get it. But just I find it's kind of maybe takes the Mickey out of the album a little bit. And yeah. and maybe um, and maybe it's kind of I mean, I, I get it. It, it. They needed probably to get a something really catchy in there to get everybody thinking about uh, purchasing the album and kind of an interesting, you know, pick a Joe Jackson cover. I mean, I, yeah. I probably would have never, never guessed that. It probably took me many years to realize it even was a cover. I, I, uh, you know, and then preparing for this, I listened to both and it, you know, this is definitely way better. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah. But it's, uh, I, I just think it's a great song and it's catchy and it's probably roped a lot of maybe casual fans in to come check them out which is cool uh but definitely just not my favorite song on the album and uh i mean there's so much more better material on here yeah it, it, it's a quirky song it's like you anthrax is known for writing quirky songs we know that like that's just yeah. the way the band was structured they've been that doing that from the beginning it's just kind of funny that yeah it's 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 somewhat of a toe tapper it's quirky, oh, yeah. of course. It, it's quirky and it's fast paced. There's a lot of fast paced risks. I like the song too, but I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think they could have left this off the album. They could have easily left this song off the album. Yeah, and it would and it would have been fine. It would have been fine. Um, I don't think they play this song too much live. Um, I don't recall them playing. I don't recall hearing this song at any of the shows that I've seen in the past. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just thought at the time by doing a Joe Jackson cover that people would be, I don't know, maybe would give them a bit more profile. But uh, I mean, look, you, I've heard Joe Jackson. I'm not a fan. I just no, <laughs> no, it's not for me. You know? No, no, and and you're right. It, like you know, and we don't know the record company is kind of back then. I mean, this was a fifth album, and like you say. By now, I mean, they were a mainstay on the heavy metal landscape for sure. But, you know, they still have obligations and stuff. And hey, it probably, the single probably sold a ton. And I totally get that. Um, But it's just, for me, there's, I mean, you know, there's so much more better. Like Gridlock, I think uh, the song number five on here, probably a way better song for me than, uh, than this. But, you know, it's it's again. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, and and uh, you got to get it. You got to get your name out there. And if this, like I say, roped in some fans, and they went back and checked out the back catalog and everything, nothing better than that. You know, that's uh, it's kind of like I'm not a big Ghost fan, uh, yeah. the band Ghost, but I got to you know, and and regardless of whether you didn't like their Iron Maiden cover or whatever, but if they mm-hmm. get any kids nowadays. Any of these, I don't know, kids that are into 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 Ghost, and they'll go back and check that album out and look for the original. I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's, you know, spreading the love like that is is really important for our genre of music. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that's fair to say for for sure. But I, I don't know if there's any Joe Jackson fans who check this out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. I, no. I it was to me. I I still think it was an obscure song to pick, but whatever i mean i don't know who in the band thought this would be a great idea but uh certainly you know hey it, it works for what it is so uh moving on to our the next track now this is interesting because i've always wondered h8 red i never understood the reference to it but the song itself is kick-ass i love this song uh lyrically it's really really dense and there's a lot of things that they're trying to say about uh, more social issues as well um, what do you what are your thoughts about this on Jim? I always thought it was like hate red. So I obviously I mean ah. the starting riff in this song leads into Charlie's pounding drums. And this is another song, like I think this is better than the previous song we talked about. Love it. It's right. uh you know, I definitely talks about hate, anti hate. Um, and I, I think that's pretty good. I get out of it like maybe hate red, maybe they see red. I don't know when they talk about when, when they see this going on, but it fits in with the sort of the theme of a few of the other songs in the album as well. And, um, you know, I think it's a kick-ass song. <laughs> Excuse me. It's, it's great. And, um, you know, that starting riff is just amazing. And I mean, like the drums on this just pound and uh, it's, it's a great, I love it. It's great track. 
Yeah, I know. I would agree with you. And yeah, lyrically though, um, yeah, the song is definitely about the idea of hatred and and being prejudiced, and the and the behaviors. What they were trying to say in the song though is that it's a learned beat. They're all learned behaviors. Right. So you can unlearn them. So I did read online, and I, I wanted to look it up. So I did hear that a lot of people were were saying that the lyrically they were trying to be very positive to inspire people to think beyond your own biases, your own prejudices, and, and sort of unlearn things. So I thought that was interesting. So as a song, it works for me. Um, I would agree with you, though, that the the riffs, the the drumming, it, it, it all like comes together here really, really well. So for me, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a really it's a really strong song, too, in my mind. All right. So we'll move on to our next song. And One Man Stands. What do you think about this, Jim? Excuse me. It's uh, this is the I think this is the heaviest song or heaviest track on song on the album. It's probably not my favorite one, but it's a, mm-hmm. I like it. Um, you know, it's 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 just a good thrash song. Nothing really stands out for me. I mean, it's uh, musically it's it's really tight. I I like it, but it's probably it's towards if I had to pick. You know, I'm there's eleven songs on this album. Obviously, something's going to come in the last place. This, for me, would probably come in towards the back end of the album, only because there has to be a back end of the album. But it's a it's a good song. I like it. I have no issues with it. It's a good, heavy track. Uh, you know, it's got... You're, you're heading out of their big head of Got the Time, going through H8 Red, and then you're heading into this one. The the heaviness, is, is it's, it seems like the album's getting even heavier as it goes on. Uh, but probably not one of my favorite tracks on the album. Though I, I think lyrically, I think they would think it's a, it's an important song because it's about yeah. Tiananmen Square Massacre in China back in '89. So for sure, like I think they they saw this as an opportunity to talk about the idea of you know freedom, your human rights, you know, and the need to stand up to to your oppressors. So I think it's it's a lofty song in some ways for me. Um, yeah. It's not one of my favorite songs either, although I, I find that the pacing of all the songs are, they tend to all kind of fall into the same kind of pattern all the way through. Whether you find one song more appealing to, than another one is up to you. But I, that's what I sort of find that as a, as a whole, each song is, they're all generally in the same kind of vein, the same kind of heaviness, the same kind of, uh, um, pound, uh, you know, the drum, the pounding drums, the heavy riffs, the thoughtful lyrics. So there's, not really a bad song here but i think you're right it's no. a bit of a slowdown when you get to this song in one man stands um yeah. and then the final song um discharge and what do you think about discharge uh this is a way to end off the album i think it's this could have been on the first two albums uh in my mind okay. <clears throat> you know it's it's got that old school killer thrash vibe and it just sounds like it could have been off the first two albums and it's got a cool groove to it. Maybe even like some serious melodic parts to it. I like it. I mean, it's a great way to end off the album, uh, you know. And I think this is one of the underrated kind of gems on the on the album too. That probably gets maybe left off a little bit. I like it. I think it's cool, and it's uh, it's definitely an old school thrashy song. I mean, you could put this up against. Uh, I, I love it. It's, you know, I like Belly the Beast is my favorite song on this album. This would probably in time is one of my like my second, but it's up in the top half of the album for me. Um, and it deserves to get, you know, it deserves people need to really check this song out and, mm-hmm. and rock out to it. It's it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I mean I, I, I tend to feel that like like yourself, it, it ends the album off on a good note. It's, it's yeah, a heavy song. It's funny though, like Going back to what they were trying to say, it's very pessimistic because they're talking about the idea of drug addiction and the fact that people can't get off being addicted to drugs. So it's 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 somewhat pessimistic um, as a song. I did want to point out one small part. I love the uh, get off my dick. It's sick. It's like or <laughs> reservation hellbound. I love I, I love their play on words. That's what I was saying earlier about anthrax, that lyrically they they're really good at phrasing words. Or putting inserting a kind of a word that's different or unique, um, and that's what I like about the band. I think that's what always attracted me to Anthrax was the writing. I think out of the big four, I've always felt that Anthrax were the were the cleverest of the four bands. 
because they didn't they didn't really write about they didn't like to write about um you know death and destruction so much um they were more kind of talking about societal issues i mean yeah putting the, the stephen king um you know love aside and the love for judge dread but they really they <laughs> really they really kind of focused on things that i thought set them apart from the other three bands in my mind not that yeah. I, I have nothing against Megadeth, Metallica, or, or you know, or Slayer. They're, they're all great bands, but they just they they brought something different to the table that you didn't get um, with the other three bands. But it's a great band, and this is a great way to end the album. I love it. Um, what uh, let's let's go. Oh yes, yes. As Blake would always say, we'll go to our rating. And what are you going <laughs> to rate this, Jim? I'm going to rate this it's i'm going out of my way here this is isn't my favorite uh anthrax album my favorite anthrax album probably be tie between among the living and spreading the disease okay and i even have a strong love for fistful i love fistful but this okay i mean and then i could even go in and talk about like state of euphoria is great but this one here i i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten while i would give maybe the other three first three albums like a solid 10 out of 10 in my in my estimation it's great um yeah. i think what probably holds it back is maybe not the time a little bit uh but it's it's i mean i i saw them on this tour open for iron maiden uh yeah. they they absolutely ripped it it was a great set i mean i think they only played for 45 minutes or an hour but it was just awesome and i mean there's no debating whether or not this album just brought them to another level of uh you know of, of notoriety because it did i mean you're coming out of state of euphoria and then this would have been the last album for joey uh until mm -hmm. until i think it was worship music uh a little right. you know yeah you know he he came through and then uh you know he, he uh in 2011 i think he rejoined for worship music right. um and then came in the bush era which i'm sure we'll talk about after but you know, this is an important album. It's a good album. I, I give it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Okay. You know what? I'm 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 gonna follow you as well. I'm giving it a nine out of ten as well. It is my second second favorite anthrax album. Among the Living is my first. Um, but I think this album is is strong. It is there's not a there's not really a bad song per se, maybe Got the Time, which is the quirkiest of the of the bunch. But yeah, I think it, it rips from beginning to end. Um, the one thing the my only my only one small criticism is that there's a bit of sameness to it in just as I was saying earlier, just the pattern of the drums, the, the heavy guitars. It was just a, a bit samey at times. Um, but yeah. but still a great album. There's nothing there's nothing on this album that I would say is bad for any reason whatsoever. So I'm giving it a nine for my rating. So I mean, I, I think it's a it's a really, really strong album with a with a number of good songs that you're you're right. They probably still do play live, which is you know I, that, that's great. I, I, I agree, and I mean you got among you know you got among the living, yeah. Where I find every song on Among the Living is a keeper, like you know, yeah. and I didn't pick every song in my top ten, but I easily could have. It's that yeah. great of an album, and a lot of spreading the disease is good too. This album, you're right, and in in you saying that. I'm starting to think as I go through each song, the start is generally about the same. Like they kind of start with an intro that's either drums, heavy drums, bass, or or guitar, like yeah. all in kind of the same pattern. Uh, usually it's like guitar, then drums and bass or or whatever. And it, I find there is a lot of similarities between the songs. And there is sort of that vein of, of uh, their message kind of going through it. Maybe instead of got the time i mean it's easy to look back and say hey maybe a more of a do a do a uh another comic book song or another you know another horror genre song just to kind of lighten it up a little bit with something that they're really good at but i mean i can't argue you know they, they threw that on there it, it sold like crazy and then that's that's sometimes the name of the game yeah but i agree with yeah. you totally i find there's a lot of similarity in sound throughout the whole album yeah, yeah, that's what I what I get at. What I generally get out of it, it's not bad. I mean, there's not a bad song to be had on the album, really, when you think about it. But, but yeah. just a kind of certain pattern and style. And it's funny because uh, you know, going back to reading reviews, just to, to sort of get back into the thought of the album, it's funny that there are people who actually love the love the direction because of the 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 more kind of mature lyrics. And there are a lot of people who who wanted to go back to the old style like that the comic yeah. book worship and 
<laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's great, but bands do progress. They do change. You know, it's, it's just part of life. Every band will eventually mature. It's one of, one of my biggest arguments that I always with Metallica for just quickly over the fact that what bothers me about Metallica is that, yeah, okay, they, they, they started out with the thrash and then they went in this whole other direction at which a lot of people don't, don't dig. And I'm, I'm like yourself, I don't dig it either, but I, but I can't, I can't fault them for it because they matured. They grew up, right. They changed. Right. You can't play master of puppets for 35 years. Like if every album <laughs> sounded like that way, you know, you they'd be bored to death as musicians, right? So, and that's a good point. That's a good point because here's 1990 and then the Black Album was coming out. <clears throat> so what I love about Anthrax is, and I love about Slayer and even Megadeth, Megadeth in my mind only had really one dud of an album and that would probably be Risk. Um, uh, but, you know, these guys tweaked it a little bit, but they didn't yeah. go too far left or too far right. They just, they kind of just tweaked it a little bit. And I think that that's where you're talking about it. You hit it on the head fully. And that's where I lost Metallica kind of lost me and every album that come out since the black album, I'm always wishing that there's, I'm going to like it. I don't know if maybe I I'm thinking, thinking it through too heavy, but it's uh, and I don't want it to be another kill em all. I don't want it to be another master puppets. But what I want it to be is is a return to what I drew the what I you know what I loved about the band in the beginning. And I find Anthrax even I mean you think about it they switch singers, so they yeah. go from Belladonna to Bush, and I find they just kept going. I mean it also was kind of a weird time. We were into the '90s at that point, and metal was sort of falling to the wayside a little bit, and it wasn't mm -hmm. getting a lot of love compared to the change that was happening on the musical landscape. Right. So, you know, but but they kind of kept true to their word and, and kept it going as a good, solid thrash band. And, you know, I find Megadeth has done that pretty consistently. Slayer always did it. Um, you know, there might be one or two albums where it might have been a little people online tend to think that, uh, you know, I think maybe Diabolus, they're thinking it's a little bit more progressive, uh, maybe a slight change, but I, I still... I still, I find they, they tweaked it a little bit, but they kept it going. Creator, you know, their latest mm -hmm. album from last year, Hey to Uber Alice, is uh, they tweaked it a little bit and they had some yep. really cool yep. songs. And But they, I find they didn't turn their back on maybe their, their mainstay of fans. Uh, and Metallica kind of juggled that a little bit with the Black Album. And, you know, the Black Album was great. It's a good album. Not my favorite album. And that's when they lost me. And when they really lost me is when they came back with Load. And then they just seem yeah. to have lost their essence since then. They're trying to get it back, and uh, it, it's really hard for me. Anyways, that's what I feel. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I've got the same opinion. I, the, 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 you know, that the same opinion as you because it's like for me, it's yeah, they can't get back what they had years, years before. But yeah, you know, yeah. it is what it is, right? I mean, it's unfortunate. Bands change, bands grow, they mature. It's gonna happen with every single band you like. Every band you like is going to do that. Um, I mean, before we get into discussing, though, I think Anthrax today and where they've where they've come from and where they're going to, um, let's do what we always love to do. Either we talk about <laughs> our ten favorite songs or our favorite albums. So we did decide to do a top ten for albums today. Um, and do you want to start us off, Jim? Go ahead. Sorry, I meant my part. Song. Songs, songs. Yes, yes. Sorry. Ten favorite songs. Uh, go Although ahead, it could have been easily albums for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so my I got a so my number ten would be "Room for One More" off of "Sound of White Noise." Yeah, great own album. Love that album. Um, you know, number nine is only off of that album okay. as well. I had to give that album a couple. Potter's Field could yeah. have been on there, but. Yeah, it was an important album. I think, um, you know, the change up in the singers, and I'm a huge Armored Saints fan, so having yeah. John Bush go in there was kind of like a, a just as a bonus for me. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, who only like, there's probably two split groups of fans that like it one way or the other, and there's a lot of original fans. But, I mean, this is this is where they were going. And, uh, you know, you, either, you had to embrace it. I mean... I didn't think they they changed their sound. I thought they they did they played really well. I thought the albums were good. Stomp 442 after that was another great album. 
Um, but got to give it some love. Uh, number eight is the be all and end all from oh, State yeah. of Euphoria. That's another great album. That's a great song. Uh, number seven, I got to go with Indians. I mean, yep. uh, among the living, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, you're going to, you know, I, <laughs> it's just such a good song. Uh, number yep. six, Armed and Dangerous from Spreading the Disease. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a wicked, and I have the EP for Armed and Dangerous. That's a wicked, wicked track. Number five, this album uh, with uh, Belly of the Beast. I love that song. That song kicks ass. Uh, you know, number four, and this is kind of an interesting one because it's a newer song, The Devil You Know from Worship Music. Yeah. yeah I love that CD. I love that album. Uh, I think that that was a wicked come, kind of comeback around, but I love that album. That's another good song. Uh, number three, you know, Caught in a Mosh. I could have picked pr practically every song off of this album. <laughs> uh, number could. two, I'm going to give it some old school some old school love and go with metal thrashing mad off of fistful. Oh, nice. I mean, Neil Turbin's a wicked, wicked vocalist. And I mean, that was a wicked, wicked era for the band. Only one album, but you know, yeah. that was cool. And I love that song. And my number one, I got to go with just because it's just such a cool song. I am the law <laughs> among the living. Come nice. on. I mean, tells the story of judge dread awesome comic book hero you know this is just yep. they're so cool and i love the fact i think i've seen so many interviews where they did interviews for the among the living album and since then where they actually do them in comic book stores so it's kind of cool yep. like they're in new york and they're in this really cool comic book collector store and they're doing interviews so they're they really kind of give back to the nerdy genre that you know me and you really love and uh i, yep. I think yep. that that was the first thing that grabbed me about this band um was their love for old school horror and, and comic books. So, but no, I, I can't wait to hear your top 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have some, we have a few that are, are similar, but I'll, I'll start with my number 10. Now I went with fight him until you can't. And it's a quirky song, but I, I liked it because a it was like, well, Scott had a chance to, uh, to, you know, to be a zombie and he uh, he's in zombie makeup and it's great. I, I, I just think it's a fun kind of song for them. It's, I don't know if it's a return to form song, but it's but I like the direction they were headed in on, on that album with that song. So that's my number 10. Uh, number nine is a, another song. It's a newer song, Evil Twin, which I love the riff on that and the opening bit. That song just rips. And it's catchy for me. And I've always liked that song. Again, it's a, one of their newer songs, but it's sort of, you know, bridging the kind of the old to the new. And it's still pretty thrashy. Uh, at number eight, I'm going to go with Defend Avenge, which I think is another great, great thrash, heavy, heavy song. I love, I love the chorus. I love the lyrics. Um, yeah, it's, it's that song in particular really, really caught my attention. Uh, number seven, I'm going with Room for One More, which is a really, really heavy, heavy song. Love it, love it to death. Um, I would rate it higher, but I, I guess for me, I, I don't mind Bush's vocals, but I would have preferred to hear what they would have sounded like if they had Joey on it instead. But nonetheless, it's still a really good song. Uh, at number six, I'm going with Madhouse, which I've always loved that song. I, that that video is yeah, video's great. The song <laughs> itself, it's a Madhouse. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs. And I know they play it on almost every every show they do, every tour they do. So it's it's one of the, it's a very popular song. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with Now It's Dark. And I like that song because it's, it's you know, harking, it, it's fun, it's kind of quirky, it's harking back to uh, David Lynch, to a David Lynch movie, and Frank Booth, uh, the, uh, the character Frank Booth. So I, I kind of like that song for that reason. Um, and then Keeping the Family is my number four, which, which again, I, I just love, love that song. We talked about it earlier. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Caught in a Mosh, which I think is a great song. I love that song from start to finish. I know it gets the people in the mosh pit going, and it, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, Among the Living, which is another one of my favorite songs on that album. Um, it's Again, it's, it's a classic. It's great. And like yourself, I went with uh, I Am the Law as my number one song as well. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to pick that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't not pick it. I mean, like you know, yeah. I love comic books too, but it's it's just yeah, I, it's a song that you can't not pick. They play it every show. I I don't yeah. think there's a show that they don't do not play it. 
And yeah, it's it, you're right. It's probably their one of their most recognizable songs, I would think. But yeah, that's my top ten. So we're we're kind of matching. And I, I got I got an honorable mention. I really yep. like uh, what uh, what doesn't die off of the album. We've come for you all. I like that. But also on that album, Strap It On, which featured Dimebag. Yeah. I you know that that's another good. I mean that album's really really good. So. Uh, uh, that that's another great album, and like I like a lot of their newer stuff too, from 2010 on. So like you know, I, I really uh, it's it's just really really neat. That's all that they they kind of kept kind of true to form. But yeah, and then Among the Living, another great song. I mean, I wish I could have fit that in there. I was thinking about that too, but I had three songs off that album. I was like, oh my god, gotta pick something else. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. I I mean, I could have easily had all all the, all the songs as my top ten because the album for me is is my my favorite anthrax album but you yeah. know but like yourself i was trying to think back like they, they've got newer stuff that's actually pretty good oh yeah and, you know so i mean like i you like you like yourself i wanted to give them some love with all the albums or try to get most of them i mean volume eight eh, it's kind of okay and i'm i don't yeah have a memorable song on it for me um do you have anything on that element get your fancy or not, not really. It, that was a kind of probably one of my, you know, the, I think they had a single called, I think, Piss and Vinegar on it, yes, which yes. wasn't a, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it probably was, wasn't one of my favorite albums for sure. I mean, I, I thought Stomp, 40, Stomp 442 prior to that album, and then We've Come For You All afterwards were much better than that yeah, album. Yeah. yeah, that was a kind of a bit of a dud for me. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you with that for sure. And then I, I think oh, we when we start looking at Belladonna's return to the band, it's kind of funny because I remember back in the day, like especially on Persistence, Scott Scott was there was a growing, I guess, tension between Scott and Joey, and basically Scott was the one who wanted Joey out of the band. He wanted to go in a different direction, and he didn't think that Joey had the voice or at least the vocal right. style to to give him that direction, which we just discussed with their more recent stuff. So they let him. So they decided to part ways with him, which is, I still think, it was a mistake. But whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like John Bush too. Don't get me wrong. I think Armored Saint's a great band, and yeah. I prefer him in Saint over Anthrax. But, but they made that choice. And then, uh, from if I remember correctly, from what I I do know, it was Charlie was the one. Charlie and Frankie actually were the two that wanted Joey back in the band. So yeah. I know, like, you know, you know, um, he came back. For the uh, for that one tour, what two thousand five, when they did that brief reunion tour with with Joey, so yeah. they did that, and then Joey left again, of course, and then because they they couldn't they couldn't work out money because apparently from what I understand, they Joey wanted a larger piece of um piece of the pie, and they weren't willing to give it to him, so he walked, yeah. and he put actually he put out a couple of good solo albums which I really like too, Spells of Fear, yeah, Spells of Fear is a great album. The first two albums I like a lot. Uh, the first two Anthrax yeah. um, Joey albums. They were Belladonna. very kind of in style, of like yeah, sorry, Belladonna, very much yeah. in the style of Anthrax, but they're they're pretty decent in my opinion. Yeah. And um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I lost lost track here. Um, yeah. So when when they when they lost Dan Nelson because there was a whole big thing with Dan Nelson because they hired him to be their new vocalist and I don't know from my understanding is the guy was really immature and did some stupid shit. There's always that internet rumor that he uh, he basically put a pile of crap. Um, I think it was Scott's bed and Scott fell over on it in a hotel room. And, and they were like, that's it. We're done. We're getting rid of yeah. it. Bro. I don't know if that's true, but that's that was one of the rumors that I, I had heard. So it was basically uh, Frankie and basically, um, you know, um, uh, Benante Charlie, who uh, decided that, well, we have to we have to bring back Joey. So they did. They called him up and then he rejoined the band. And I guess. Maybe you know people grow, maybe mature, and maybe Scott Scott's feelings towards um, Joey was a lot different. So it's nice that he's come back to the band. Um, now, just prefacing that towards the last two albums, Worship Music was pretty good. Um, I it's not really a thrash record. There's a couple songs on it that are kind of thrashy, which I don't mind. And then you get, of course we go to their, their last album, which I think is a killer record. And obviously because uh, Jonathan Jonathan's on the album. So they finally gave him uh, the lead guitar slot, which is great. I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. 
Um, you have any thoughts about the the later stuff for Anthrax? What, what what do you feel about them? I like it. I'm hoping. Like, I I think they're working on a new album. Are they not? I've heard yes, rumors. Are, yeah. yeah, they're so like it'll be. They they definitely need to get something out there. So, you know, I know they just had a kind of I think it was a greatest hits album that they just released last year. Yep. Uh, which was pretty pretty cool. But they thought I like we need some more. We definitely need some new material. But I like worship music. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love their newer stuff. Um, I mean. Yeah, like I like both. I like John Bush with with Anthrax. I love, obviously, I like him better with Armored Saint. I'm a pretty big Armored Saint fan. So, but to have him there was kind of neat. I I think they they probably picked the right person at the time. Maybe, yeah. um, you know, we all know that Belladonna is kind of the voice of Anthrax. I mean, there is there's no you know everybody's not gonna kind of debate that. So. But I think they, they did those albums, you know, um, after he left. Uh, and uh, I think that there's a lot of great material there and a lot of it gets overlooked. And, um, yeah. you know, it's it's part of their history. And, and, and that's that's pretty much it. But I, I can't wait for a new Anthrax album. And I really hope they they mix it up with some really good lyrical writing like they did mm -hmm. off of maybe this album. Mm -hmm. And they come out with some fun stuff that would be more back to tongue in cheek with the whole horror genre or something like that with maybe some comic book references in there would be really, really neat, uh, you know, and just kind of mix it up. I don't, you know, I want to have it um, relevant here in, you know, in yeah. 2024, if they're planning to release it in 2024, where it's totally relevant. You know, I don't want to live in the past, but I, I do want to have some of that, uh, some of that old school feeling back in there. That would be wicked, you well, know. I, and I, I, yeah. I think worship music and that it's good. It was just, I don't know. I think, uh, I think we need a really good effort here. We need a really good effort. I would agree. I would agree. They they're talking about it from what I, what I have read in the trades and magazines and, and online is that they, yeah, they are they are very much. It's supposed to be a heavier record from what they're saying so that's that's great news um now belladonna went in the studio in november just started singing so which was also good news as well so i'm assuming the record will would probably be out later in 20 late 2024 that's kind of what i've heard so we'll see um i'm, I'm hoping it's going to be good I, I i did like for all kings i thought that was a great yeah a great album my only my this is my only my only thought here though jim I want him to give Jonathan a, a bit more leeway with the leads because he's, he's a great guitarist and I love Shadows right. Fall. And I thought, you know, he, when they brought him in from Shadows Fall, I thought this is great. They actually brought a lead guitarist who can play really, really well. Not that I have anything against Caggiano or Paul Crook before that. They're both, you know, serviceable guitar players, but Jonathan brings something better to the table. So I'm hoping in my mind that they give him a little bit, you know, they let, they let him let him loose a bit. Let him let him uh, slam down those leads, but again, I hear that. I don't know. I get the impression he's a lot like Joey, where they, oh, uh, you know, Joey goes comes in, does his vocals, and then you know, Jonathan's yeah. going to come in and do his leads. So he's not. It sounds like the two aren't really like majorly into the songwriting aspect of it, which is a bit disappointing because I, I feel they both should be. But I guess we'll have yeah. to wait and see. And that was that's what worries me. I don't like not that. I know they're both professional and, and that, and, and they wouldn't go through the motions, but I, I kind of yeah. want to get, and I know, look, you know, back when I was young, I wanted all my heroes to all live in the same house. They did this <laughs> just for me, you know, and, and, and but that, that doesn't obviously happen. Life goes on and we all grow up, some of us, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, I think it should be like, this has to be, I want this album to be so, so kick-ass that people are like, oh, yeah, no, that great Anthrax album. And, you know, like, you've got bands, like, in more of a traditional heavy metal sense, like Saxon just released their yeah. brand new album, and it absolutely yeah. kicks ass. And yeah, I find every new album they're putting out lately is very, is consistently yeah. really great. And uh, that makes me, and with a band that, you know, I, you know, Biff, God, he's in his mid-70s now as a yeah. singer, and he still hits it, and you know, and these guys, they're pumping out almost an album a year and uh, a lot of touring. That's what I kind of want to see. You know, I want to see a return with Anthrax to really say, wow, this is a great album. I'm hoping like, you know, the first three tracks I've heard from the new Priest album, 
mm-hmm. you know, is sending me into that excitement that, oh, this is going to mm-hmm. be hopefully a great Judas Priest album and another return to form album where we can really get into it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, because what I hear so far, it's it's really, really uh, strong. But, you know, I really, really hope that for Anthrax because, you know, we they're part of the big four. They got to represent you know, we have one of the big four that's kind of out of commission now, uh, yeah. you know, so, and, and, and that's, and that's just, you know, I always think of the big six, I throw Testament in there, maybe, you know, Death Angel and uh, obviously Overkill. So yeah, yeah. that's seven, that's but anyways. <laughs> no, no, but they should, they should be in that grouping for sure. I, I don't, yeah. don't, I don't doubt that at all. Testament for sure. They've, they've yeah. been robbed in, in, in some ways for like, just for the notoriety the band, it's still a great band, even though they've changed a, a bassist and a drummer. They're they're still yeah. solid. They're they're a solid band. And Chuck's vocals have not, like they've not waned in all in over years. They've 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 remained no. steady. And he's even had cancer on top yeah. of that. So like yeah. you know they definitely should be in the conversation, in my opinion. But you know for sure. And then you have Overkill, who just released yeah. a massive album. Yes, I love and that. Like album. again, just hit it like. They're not losing any, any momentum either. So it's just so exciting to be a metalhead nowadays. And I hope, like I say, we need Anthrax to come out with a really cool uh, new sound record that really kicks ass. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I would agree with you. And I'm, I'm sure most Anthrax fans had the same opinion. So yeah. we'll have to wait. Late 2024, that's the word. So we'll, hopefully uh, we'll be buying those record, that record as soon as it comes out. But yeah wait and see all right jim is there anything else you want to add to the uh, conversation here before we wrap it up that's about it i mean what a great album what a great band and i i know i i got to listen to your you when you guys did the uh one for among the, among living. the living yeah and i mean that's an awesome my favorite album but i mean there's so many other albums we could uh, definitely talk about on here there's they've got such a great catalog and as usual had a lot of fun discussing it with you ken Great, yeah, yeah, great me too, uh, Jim. time to spend an afternoon. Absolutely. I'm glad uh, we could uh, sit down and talk about Anthrax because, uh, you know, they're one of my favorite bands and I, I'll never pass up an opportunity to talk about Anthrax. <laughs> so when Jim mentioned, I'm sorry, when uh, Blake mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, count me in. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's give this a go. All right. So, um, yeah, so we're going to end this podcast now. Um, glad you could make it out and we could talk, Jim. And, uh, well, we'll see you guys later. And, uh I'm not too sure what's going on next week. Um, we will find out. Hopefully it uh, will be good. Um, Blake hasn't mentioned anything, so we'll have to wait and see what goes on. But until next time, take care. Take care.